Hi, it's Dr. Sandy Laura Kramers. Thank you for joining us for episode 12 of the EYE show. And so thanks for everybody who has commented and sent emails and questions and comments on suggestions for future shows. So please continue to pass this on to friends and family and consider subscribing as well. Um, I wanted to tell a little story actually before we start the topic today, which is on COVID. And of the lot, a lot of people I know are under a lot of anxiety and frustration in their work and at home. And I heard the story this morning that a friend told, which was I thought was very beautiful. So there was a man kind of putting some kind of rocks on top of rocks and chipping away at the rocks. And a little kid comes over and say, hey, what are you doing? And the guy's like, oh, leave me alone. I'm really busy. I got to get this done. And, you know, the boss has really kind of just been really tough on me. And if I don't get this done, you know, I'm going to be out of a job. So just please scram. So he told the kid to get, you know, go away. So the kid goes to another area. And again, there's this guy kind of putting these, you know, bricks together and, and these big, huge marble pieces together and, and cement and so forth. And he's like, what you doing? And he says, well, my my wife and kids are really hungry and I, I need to really work hard for them because if I don't, they'll have no food and, and I got to go. You know, I have to work and, and just, you know, goodbye. So the kid goes to another man not too far from them and same thing, this, this guy's putting together these you know, marble blocks and, and kind of making, chipping away at the marble a bit and making it look really kind of nice. And he asks him, what are you doing? He's like, well, you don't see this. You don't see this future amazing cathedral I'm making, but you're gonna see this amazing, someday your kids or my kids are gonna see this amazing cathedral that I'm building. And I know nobody here can see it, but I'm making this amazing, beautiful work of art that my kids and my grandkids someday will say, hey, my dad or my grandpa made that. And the perspective of how they treated their work and their daily struggles was very different. But the difference was a third guy really kind of had this kind of what we call this supernatural outlook, this idea of there's something bigger than what we're dealing with. So when we're talking about COVID or our work or our frustrations or whatever it is that we're all dealing with and we all have our own struggles, we have to try as much as we can to have that broader outlook and try to get beyond the little bit of the kind of the, the trees, look at the forest, right? That idea of looking beyond what you're dealing with. So today's topic is on trying to prevent COVID-19, but at the same time, you know, we have to try to also be a little bit at peace and not be so fearful of this virus. I, we, I've said this before, I've, I've joked with a dear friend of mine who's a doctor, you know, we're not gonna die and we're not gonna show up at heaven's gates, which I believe there's a heaven. And I don't think St. Peter's gonna say, oh, Dr. Kramers, we weren't expecting you. Come back and like, you know, that's not gonna happen. So I have, I think that there has to be something to be said about some prudence and the fear of COVID. Of course, we're scared. We're scared for our loved ones. We're scared for ourselves and our health and all the you know pain that happens that with any type of illness. And there's things that can, you can do to kind of help prevent that, both in the natural world and also kind of, you know, just preparing yourself uh, just in general for the end of life or whatever. But at the same time, I wanna point out that that's really the, the your eye should be on the, on the ball for the future. And I mean eternity, not just here and now. But in terms of the medical component, we're gonna go through what you can do naturally to potentially decrease viral loads of any virus. And this is something that's finally being studied in randomized controlled perspective studies. This is something that I've been doing since I was in Boston. We've used this protocol for years. I know this works. There's a couple little tricks you need to learn about this, but I want you to hear me out. So the first thing I want you to think about is, can you tell when you're getting sick? Most people can tell when they're getting sick. Most people will start with a little bit of a runny nose. You might have a child that you can tell they're starting to get sick. They start with a little runny nose or they're a little cranky or their nose is a little red or they start sneezing. 
or they start a little bit of a fever. With the first sign of illness, you want to jump on top of that illness, which is usually a virus, with this protocol. What I get when I start to get sick is I'll get a little stuffy nose and sometimes one nostril, my left nostril tends to get more stu stuffier runny than my right. I'll start with a little bit of discomfort in my trapezius mus muscle, which is this kind of muscle kind of near my neck and behind my shoulder. I can tell when I'm getting sick because that starts to get uncomfortable. And if I push on it, I can feel it's tender. Usually it's not. And so those are my two symptoms. And then if I don't do anything, then a little bit of a headache will start and I can just start it just I can almost feel it so this protocol of course does require you to kind of know your body a little bit and the first thing I do when this happens is I take an alcohol swab and I'm sure I do not have an alcohol swab in my hand but I would take an alcohol little alcohol little swab cut you know rip it open and I put it right into my nostril whichever one's kind of causing the problem and I breathe in the alcohol a little bit and that's kind of trying to decrease the viral load inside the nose. So we know that most viruses enter through the nose. Uh, most of the viral load initially is in the nose, about 90% of it is in the nose. So if you can cut that viral load down when it is in the nose before it gets into your throat or sinuses and into your lung, then you are way ahead of the game. So it's all about decreasing the viral load. So that's the first thing I do, no matter where I am in the world or wherever I am, if I feel anything, or if I'm concerned, if I've even been exposed to somebody that's coughed in my face, that's the first thing I'll do. I'll clean out the inside of my nose. And there's a video on YouTube, which I just made called Yuck, Y-U-C-K, Kramer's, like that, uh, where I show how to kind of do the Q-tip routine. So the second thing I do is as soon as I have access to either povidone iodine, which I dilute, and I do have my povidone iodine here somewhere. Here it is, okay. Uh, it, it can look like this, you can get betadine. This is uh, usually comes in about 10%. This one is 10%, so this could last a year. And you only need really, I've always used 5%, which is what we uh, use as drops on the eye. We've talked about in previous my videos that we've used povidone iodine 5% uh, for every single surgery in the eye for years. And we also use it to prevent and treat epidemic keratoconjunctivitis, which is a, which is a potentially uh, kind of damaging disease to the cornea, which can lead to the need for even a corneal transplant. Otherwise, it can kind of technically temporary, temporarily blind you. So that's a virus. And so we do know that 5% is very safe for the conjunctival cells, and it's very safe to be used as a drop. There's been some studies to say even less is needed for viruses, like one to 2%. I still tend to use 5% because I always have, but if you're, if you're sensitive to iodine or you're hypothyroid, you might want to consider going down to 1% if you want to use the povidone iodine. So first thing I do is I take my uh, alcohol swab, I'll clean my nose, I'll leave it in there even, if I, especially if I have a mask, and breathe it in and just start getting rid of that virus. The second thing I do, that's number one. Number two is I take a Q-tip and I'll usually, I haven't bought any of these yet. This is from our wonderful uh, friend, Jen, who works here, who gave us this sample. Um, this has povidone iodine in it, but I just take a regular Q-tip and I will take my betadine, put it in a little cup uh, with one drop of, or two drops of betadine, two drops of water, mix it around, go inside the nose, and I'll leave this in without hurting myself until I start to sneeze. So the goal is to stimulate the nasolacrimal nerve, which causes you to sneeze, or you can tickle your nose. But the more you sneeze, and this has not been proven, this is Dr. Kramer's theory, is I haven't had a chance to look it up on, on the literature, but the more you sneeze in a safe place, you're not gonna contaminate anybody, 
uh, whether you're sneezing, you know, into your into your tissue or whatever, the more you sneeze, the less viral load you're gonna have. The whole point is that you're naturally trying to make yourself sneeze out that virus. And so I'll do that multiple times until I feel like I'm not feeling my stuffy nose or my nose starts stops running. And this may take multiple sessions over a day, but this is an attack of a virus and I'm going to attack it like I would any enemy. And I'm gonna attack it hard at the beginning and do everything I can to make my immune system attack it hard also. So number one is the alcohol swab. Number two is the diluted betadine. You can also use 70% alcohol, pure, like you just stick it in with a little cup and then put it inside your nose, go in the back without hurting yourself. I've done this to my children even very gently, kind of doing that and then you know trying to get them to sneeze a little bit. You can use hypertonic saline, which is the safest of these options which is a half a cup of water with a teaspoon of salt. So super salty water. This has been published. This has been used in many cultures throughout the world for, for centuries. Some people put it in a neti pot to clean out uh, their, their sinuses if they have sinusitis. Uh, but the idea is just basically trying to clean out the nose to decrease your viral load. And the last option is Listerine. Actually, that's not the last option. Listerine is also an option. You can gargle it. Uh, you can put it in your nose. The side effect of Listerine, if you use it long term, is the concern of a potential change in your glucose or your risk of diabetes. There was one study that showed that that I know of. So just don't use it all the time. But if you're about to get sick, I think it's safe. The risk of iodine is you have to make sure you don't have an iodine allergy. So always check on your hand to make sure you don't have an iodine allergy. Don't overdo it if you're sensitive to iodine. Uh, I do put it in the nose, as I mentioned. The first thing is the alcohol swab. Second thing, first thing is the alcohol, the alcohol pad. Second thing is the Q-tip. Third thing is gargling. So gargling, whether it's povidone iodine, 70% alcohol, which is like Bacardi 151. Um, I think some vodka can get up to 70% alcohol. Listerine, uh, hypertonic saline, I'm gargling that. And those are basically the first three things I'll do. There's a new product that just came out on the market that there was a paper called XLEAR, like XClear or XLEAR, that is basically a combination of xylitol with a little bit of a chemical that's trying to also decrease viral loads, which is just nasal spray. And we'll put that on my link so you can see what that looks like. I just purchased it actually because I want to review it and see. But that's the same thing. The idea is that you're trying to really shut down the viral load in the nose before it gets to the throat. And that is the game, name of the game. Decrease it before it gets into your lungs. So those are the key things I do. Then what else do I do? Well, then I take quercetin. Quercetin, I've talked about before. Uh, this is the one I get. is basically concentrated capers and concentrated kale. And it really does help. At first, I was very, very suspicious because I couldn't find any randomized controlled studies. But I usually take one or two, at sometimes twice a day, and it just seems to dry up the runny nose, which does help. I take vitamin D3 chewables from Nature Made, which are great flavored. My kids love it. I'll take usually about four of those, so 4,000, uh, I think it's milligrams of the vitamin D. I'll try to get sleep, to sleep right away, get, take a nap or get, get to you know, bed early. Uh, those are the key things I do. And then one of the other things that I really like to do is to massage this muscle. So this is more controversial. The There's a muscle, the trapezius muscle, that we know that can get really kind of very tense when you're starting to get a headache. And so I will literally pinch the muscle as it goes up to the neck until I can find the location that is very uncomfortable. And that's usually what's starting to get tense, and that's usually what will cause a headache. And this has not been randomized controlled studied yet, but I'm convinced this does work because I've done it so many times now that if you can massage that muscle, there's something to it that helps even kind of 
dry up your sinuses. I don't know how to explain it, but I've had that happen where I can feel as I push really hard on that muscle that's very tender, I can feel even, I can feel my sinuses, which is strange, and I don't know how to explain that, except to say that there is a whole field called acupuncture that is based on this idea that there's a fascial plane around every muscle. That fascial plane does have piezoelectric crystals, which is true. Uh, there's even piezoelectric crystals in your pineal gland, which is in the center of your brain. So there's something to it. I have to do more research to figure it out. As you know, Western medicine and Eastern medicine are kind of like divergent paths, and they don't like to interact. But I believe that when you're doing acupuncture and you're actually sticking in that needle, you are stimulating the fascial plane, and that has some benefit. And that's been proven that acupuncture does help with many, many uh, diseases and, and illnesses and so forth, uh, or conditions, I should say. But maybe the massaging of this is helping. So those are the key things I do. I try to get a massage for my husband uh, to kind of massage my muscles, and that really does seem to also help with my kind of beginning symptoms. And then the last thing is I take a hot shower. So I try to increase my body temperature naturally as long as I can. I massage those muscles I men mentioned to you and try to fight this with everything I have. What I found over time is that I will get better and then sometimes a day later or two or three days later, it seems like it wants to come back. And I don't know how to explain that except to say that maybe there's a mutation, maybe it's the, a different version of the same virus. So because we're all concerned about Delta and Gamma and Mu and Lambda and all the ones that are coming out, which we know are gonna continue. The coronavirus is like influenza. It's very similar, like the common cold. There's going to be mutation after mutation after mutation. I do not think the answer is booster after booster after booster. I think the answer is to improve your immune system. Improve your own cells ability to attack this virus, whatever virus it is, whether it's this one or in 10 years, a whole nother one. So those things that I mentioned are crucial. This all is based also on a healthy lifestyle, a healthy diet. If you are diabetic, you're gonna be more likely to suffer from these kinds of conditions. So you wanna do everything you can to cure your diabetes, which is curable. You decrease your carbohydrates, try to go gluten-free, dairy-free, sugar-free. You wanna to try to increase your antioxidants, your green leafy vegetables. You want to try to get out and exercise. You wanna be able to get some sun exposure to naturally improve your vitamin D. Uh, you want to basically get good sleep and try to keep your stem cells functioning, you know, doing well. So that's the basic issue. So I've been asked many times about the protocol. I know it does work. There are now three randomized controlled studies that I know of that are, are about to, I think, have the results published that shows the difference between this protocol and placebo, right? That's always how medicine works. We have a treatment arm and a control arm. And so that's what we're gonna find out. But I know this is very safe. There's been no complications that I know of. If you have no allergies, it's super safe to do this. So just to recap one more time, first symptom, if my child has any runny nose, any type of sneezing, we start this protocol. The first thing I usually have is I'll have them clean out their nose with the alcohol swab, that's number one. Number two, I will use a Q-tip to kind of clean them out, make them sneeze if I can. Number three, they'll gargle something of their choice, Listerine or 70% uh, alcohol. Well, they won't do that, I'll do that, but diluted betadine or they'll do the salty water. Uh, number four is they will then either get a, like a, uh, a the, co the coldies, sorry, coldies was <laughs> number four. Coldies is actually super duper important. Coldies is my little example. These are uh, zinc 
lozenges, that's number four, is basically which we lick, and I've been doing this with the kids for years, to try to decrease the viral load, and that has been published, and that's there's a lot of data on that. And my favorite is the brand name, Coley's, but there's CVS version and all different kinds of version that is essentially zinc, I think it's 13.3 milligrams, that you don't want to overdo it because you can decrease your uh, ability to, to, to uh, smell if you, if you really take a lot of zinc. But if you follow the directions on the box, exactly like it says, you're trying to avoid any type of calcium and magnesium, I think 30 minutes uh, before and after the coldies. But if you lick it and you're trying to kind of coat the mucous membranes with zinc, virus is less likely to penetrate. So there's been some data to show that if you start zinc lozenge sucking uh, for the first few days, you can decrease the length of your common cold. And I think it does work also with influenza and also with COVID. So that really is number four. So I have my kids, even from a young age, I'll have them just lick it 20 times and that will somehow coat enough their mucous membranes to help. Number five is a massage. Uh, six is a hot shower. And seven, of course, is just trying to increase your vitamin D, the quercetin, and drinking a lot of water, humidifier, all those things. The last thing I'm going to mention, which is more controversial, but I want to mention it to you because someone needs to study this. So there have been a couple of times when I've had a fever starting to run in the house with one child getting sick. And so I have a humidifier that I have done this twice, which is just twice, of course, which so take it with a grain of salt. But none of my kids have allergies to povidone iodine. I think you could probably achieve this similarly with something like maybe 70% alcohol. But in the little bucket of the... Um, the humidifier there's a little thing you could put kind of menthol or something i put usually a couple of drops of betadine just enough that when you walk into their room you can smell the betadine and there we have some data to show that betadine is used sometimes obviously during lung surgery which is very safe so it's very diluted but there's only one uh, case report of something uh, bad happening with that, but that was a very uh, intense dose of betadine or, or povidone iodine, which is the same thing, which is this brown stuff you've seen for cleaning wounds. And so just a couple of drops and aerosolizing it, there's something to be said about that helping with the lung component of an infection. So that needs to be researched more, but I wanted to throw it out there. Everything I've mentioned, of course, check with your doctor first. Uh, make sure you have no allergies. These are very, very safe. And so you have it there. That is my entire protocol. Uh, please let me know how you do with this give me feedback uh, we've had we've used this so many times i've had many many friends use this over the years it's been super safe very effective and i think it would help with pretty much any virus out there so please uh, let me know your thoughts and i hope this was helpful thank you